Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word... Nothing can stop me from achieving that which God has called me to achieve. Nothing can stop me from receiving something God's called me to receive. Whatever God has for me as I walk with Him, there's no one that can stop it from coming to pass. I don't have to protect it. I don't have to defend it. I don't have to, I don't have to maneuver. I just have to be with God. And everything God has for me is coming. And God takes His time. Things come in God's timing, but everything that He has for me is coming in His time. All I need to do is be with God. Do you have a plan for tomorrow? How about for the next week? Next month? Year? How about a five or 10 year plan? Does it drive you crazy when your plans get derailed? Sometimes we'll do just about anything we can to make sure that things go our way. Today, Pastor Bill teaches you that it's so much better if you just stick to God's plan for your life. Although you may have trouble in this world, His plan for your life is always what's best. You don't have to pull strings or stress out. Just trust God and follow Him. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 27. As he continues his message, follow your heart. If you go into, you know, finance a vehicle and you got to fudge the numbers, that ain't the vehicle God got for you. You got to, you, you got to turn your BMW into a Kia. You know, you got to do whatever you got. To, you got to get the car you can get with telling the truth, you know. Say amen. All right, let's go. So David is living a lie, living among the enemies, wiping out people every day. But when he comes back to the Philistine territory, he's leading them to believe that he's killing enemies. So verse 10, then Achish would say, where have you made a raid today? And David would say against the southern area of Judah or against the southern area of y'all see it. Jeremites or against the southern area of the Kenites. So David is saying, you know, I'm I'm fighting against Israelites, essentially. I'm fighting against our own people when, in fact, he was whooping up Philistine allies. These people that he was defeating were allies of the Philistines. And so in that sense, David is living a lie. David is telling them every day when he comes back. He's saying that he's been fighting people that he has not been fighting. And so he's lying. He's living a, an ongoing lie. He's living in deception. Now, I think that's easy. We know that that's wrong. We know as a believer, we're supposed to be people that walk in the truth. Uh, we know that lying is uh, John chapter eight, verse 44 says that Satan is the father of all lies. It's like he's the author of it. While God is truth, Satan, it says when he lies, he's speaking from his own resources. And so as believers, I don't want to I don't want to have the character of Satan. Amen. I want the character of Christ in my life. I want to be a man of truth. You want to be a man or a woman of truth here. That's a, that should be another hint to David that this is not God's will. I got to lie. I'm lying every day to these people about what's going on. I'm lying every day about where I've been, what I've done as I come back with all these spoils. And I, I don't know how he did. That I means he's acting like he's killing People that, you know, are really his own people, but he's not. And so this is how David gets by. And, and I wonder if for him, this was just less stressful than running from Saul. You know, that, that he had just tired of that. Doesn't really matter. Um, this is not God's will. And this season is going to be bad for him and the people with him. Ultimately, it says, um, 
verse 11, David would save neither man nor woman alive to bring news to Gath, saying, least they should inform on us, saying, thus David did, and thus was his behavior all the time he dwelt in the country of the Philistines. So here it tells us specifically that David killed people so that they wouldn't be left alive to tell that he did it. So maybe he killed people that normally he wouldn't have killed or didn't need to kill, but so that they wouldn't be left alive to say, you know, David, the snitch on him. Because David, when he went earlier, you know, he went before the priest. And who, who was it? You might remember the name? Bible quiz. Who snitched on David? Doeg. He was there. And David said, I knew it when I saw him. I just snitched. So now David is, I'll fix that too. I'm killing everybody. Gonna be no, like, he's like the mafia, right? Ain't gonna be no witnesses. I, I saw you see me kill him. Wow, you dead too, you know? He's just wiping out everybody. There's gonna be no chance that anybody can go back and snitch on David. Uh, again, this is a man who previously leaned on the Lord that's now saying, I, I gotta do this myself. I gotta take my life into my own hands. Again, I caution you against the temptation of taking your life out of God's hands. And taking it back. Will God let you do that? He will. You have free will. So it's a matter of faith. When I say, God, mm, this is hard. I, I, I'm just going to leave my life in here. I'm going to trust you. you got, is that hard, you guys? Oh, it's hard. It's difficult. But it bears better fruit. It bears better fruit than saying, man, that's hard. Give me my life back. I'm going to do it myself. Most people can look at some of the worst seasons of their lives. And that's, they did that to themselves. Uh, I've often said to people who struggle with, you know, look, God says this. And when I get the yeah, buts from somebody who life is a mess, I'll say, look, your best thinking has you where you are. Right. You what you do, what you have right now is your best thinking. You want some more of that? Right. Because because some people don't they don't get it. their life be a, a whole mess. And you give them what God's work. Yeah, I know what God's worship, but but what what you got better? You got a whole mess. You need a new you need to try anything new. Um, and so we want to be careful about that, about resisting God while saying, I'm, I'm going to take hold. I'm going to take charge of my life. Takes faith, but it's always better to leave our life in God's hands. And whatever the outcome of leaving my life in God's hands, even if it's difficult, God will be with me in it. Amen. Because it is a fact that you can follow God, obey him wholeheartedly and end up in difficult seasons. Paul's life, Joseph's life. Really, anybody that served God over a period of time, you can find that they listened and obeyed and were led by God into difficulty. Um, there were difficult times. But the cool thing about being a, in a difficult time while being right with the Lord is God is with you in the difficulty. Joseph's life was a trail of challenges and difficulties. But you know what it says in Genesis over and over again? And the Lord was with him and the Lord. And that's all that you need is the Lord to be with you. Amen. What you don't want to be is where King Saul ended up. Um, we'll see in next week's study that God don't even talk to him no more. And Saul's like, I, I, I'm seeking the Lord, but he won't even answer me. And God's like, yeah, we're done. You don't listen. Boom. He's out there. Solo. Can't get a word. You know, so, you know, that's where Saul ended up. A guy who when God was speaking, he wouldn't listen. When God was speaking very clearly, Saul, kill all the Amalekites, destroy everybody and come back, come back down with this, you know, give all the spoil and everything else. And Saul didn't obey. He came back. He kept some animals. He kept the king, uh, just disobeyed, blamed the people, didn't repent, but made excuses. 
And eventually God said, man, we're done. You being the king is not working out for me. I'm going to take it from you and give it to somebody better than you. And I think those words have haunted Saul because he saw David, little ruddy kid coming in, killed the giant that he was afraid of, you know, playing worship for him in the house. And Saul would probably sit there festering whatever in his head and just boom, chuck a spear at David. And I think Saul lived with that. Those words from Samuel, he's going to give it to somebody better than you. And Saul tried to stop it. But can you stop God's plan? No, you can't stop God's plan. That's so encouraging for us as believers. I want you to know why. Because we're part of God's plan. Amen. So there's things God's called me to do. And one encouragement that I have is that nothing can stop me from achieving that which God has called me to achieve. Nothing can stop me from receiving something God's called me to receive. Whatever God has for me as I walk with him, there's no one that can stop it from coming to pass. I don't have to protect it. I don't have to defend it. I don't have to I don't have to maneuver. I just have to be with God. And everything God has for me is coming. And God takes his time. Things come in God's timing, but everything that he has for me is coming in his time. All I need to do is be with God. And so the same is true for you. Every one of you. God is something for your life. God's a calling upon your life. There's, th- there's some God saves you with purpose. There's something God wants to do in and through every believer's life. And there's nothing that can stop you from being what God's called you to be, from arriving where God's called you to arrive, from doing the things that God, nothing can stop you from that long as you continue with the Lord. There's no power that's greater than the power of God. And so if God is with you, who can be against you? Nobody. Not successfully. You can have a bunch of enemies, but they can't succeed long as you're with the Lord and the Lord is with you. We've learned that through David's life. Amen. And so as we come to the end of this um, verse uh, 11, again, um, David would save nobody. It says um, at least they would inform um, and, and tell about his behavior. Then verse 12. So Achish believed David saying he has made his people Israel utterly abhor him. Therefore, he will be my servant forever. So what has David achieved at the end of this chapter? And I'm going to just run through these things. Number one, his heart's direction caused him to leave the land of promise. Number two, his heart's direction have caused him to live among the enemies in Philistine territory. Number three, his heart's direction has led him and his 600 men and their families with them. So David has not just gone alone into this. He's taken 600 men and their wives and children with him into this situation. Fourthly, he sought favor among the king of the enemies. The, the man that, that lived for, to be in the favor of the Lord is in this moment, he wants favor from someone that don't even love God. He wants favor from a man that doesn't love his God. He wants favor from a man that would destroy his own people. That's who he wants favor with. I detest that. I, I mean, I don't think as believers we, we should ever be begging or seeking favor of the enemy. I want favor with the Lord. I'm going to love my enemies. I'm going to be a witness to the enemy. But I don't, I'm not going to, I don't want, I don't want from them. I, I hate to see believers looking at, you know, celebrities or stars, like, like longing for what I'm like, they need what you got. We, it's, it's such a backwards witness when you, you know, you see a believer and they're gawking at, oh my God, how's he, uh, he going to hell. He's going, he's on the way to hell with a lot of cool stuff. 
and the believers be falling all over their place, like all over themselves. Like, is this the greatest thing in the world? That that we have to be careful about that. That I, when you look at a star or somebody who uh, they've made it or whatever, and you gotta look beyond that and say that they need what I got really bad. Probably not a lot of people in their sphere speaking that kind of truth to them. God ever let you get close? You better not ask for an autograph. You better ask for a moment to share. Uh, that's been my conviction. If I get close enough to somebody of, let me, I want to say something. I want to say something that maybe they don't get to. Everybody wants something from them. I want to give you something and, um, and see what the Lord will do. Drop the gospel on them, nugget, give it to them quick and hard and see what God will do. But I, I digress. That's the fourth one. David saw favor among the enemies. Five, he lived a lie for his daily sustenance. He lived a lie day in and day out. David lived a lie. And lastly, number six, he got what he desired in verse 12. He convinced the king of Gath that he was an ally to serve him. So when it's all said and done, David is convinced the king of his enemies that I am your friend. I'm your ally. Matter of fact. And I want you to think this king is like, man, this is cool, you know, because David used to be against us. You know, he beat Goliath. But now now we got him in our we got him in our he's over here tucked away. And if we need him, we'll call him. And eventually that's what's going to happen. Eventually, there's going to be a time where the king says, hey, David, I need you and your boys to come. I'm going to go put in some work on your people on, on Israel. I need you all to come. We'll get to that in a, in a couple of weeks. But that's going to happen. What's that going to be like for David? You know, now now what are you going to do? We'll get to that when we get there. Here's the, the lessons that I would like us to, to walk away with. One, I guess the most clear lesson from this chapter is that we wouldn't be those that are listening to our hearts. We wouldn't be people that are making our own plans of how to get things done. Um, we want to be what David used to do and what David will get back to later. We want to be a people that inquire of the Lord for guidance and for direction I want you to note the fact that there are no Psalms out of this period of time, um, that this is a this is a spiritually dry time that David had Psalms written in, in harsh persecution. He had Psalms written in all other sorts of times. But in this period of time right here, there was nothing. There was nothing coming. There's no fruit from this period in that way. Another takeaway is that we would be careful to take everything uh, to God in prayer, everything, every situation, every challenge, particularly this. When you get when you feel that you're you're hit emotionally, sometimes life can hit us and we know this is bringing me low. I'm, I'm struggling with this scenario right here. It's keeping me up at night. It's on my mind when I wake up. This thing is running through my mind. I'm in my emotions over this thing, especially in those moments with those things. And you want to bring them to the Lord and hang out long enough. Hang out till you hear. Don't go. Don't leave until you hear from the Lord. Sometimes we rush to the Lord. God, I, I prayed about it. And then God didn't say nothing. You didn't spend five minutes. You didn't open the book. You just you prayed a quick prayer. and You went right back to doing what you were doing. Pray. Learn how to wait on the Lord. Learn how to be quiet before the Lord. I think something that believers need to learn is how to how do I get into the presence of the Lord and just hang out there for a while? Everybody needs to learn how to do that. And it is what it requires. It requires time. It requires that you shut other things down. Shut off telephones, shut off TVs, shut out people that you figure out how to get. I need to get alone. I need to be alone with God right now and that you get there. Because here's the cool thing with the Lord. If you draw near to him, he does what? So he's available. It's us. He's available. It's never him. It's us. 
If I'm like, God, I'm not hearing from God. Slow down. Be quiet longer. Wait more. Read more. Pray more. And, and I'll, I'll be the first to say God isn't always speaking right away. There are times where I'm praying very specifically about this thing. I, God, I, I want to hear from you about this. And then I pray and I read. And I read and I do all the reading. And guess what? He doesn't say anything about that. You know what's happening then? Sometimes God is saying, why well, have your attention? I got some other more pressing things I want to talk to you about. I know you want to hear about that. But while I got your attention, let me let me holler at you about what, what I what I want to talk about, you know, and you don't get to dictate the conversation with the Lord. Right. That happened. There are times where we want we tell God what we want to know. Um, Joshua said, are you are you for us or for our enemy? What did God say? Nope. It's not what I can. It's not what I'm here about. You know, uh, I was talking to a friend and when um, uh, Samson, when Samson and his wife found out they were going to have this son and Samson's, you know, the Lord kept talking to his wife. Make me think Samson's wife was maybe the spiritual, stronger person in the, in the scenario. But when Samson's wife told the husband, he said, well, next time he comes, I want to I want to talk to him. He wanted to he wanted to hear from the Lord. The angel of the Lord was showing up. And finally, he had this opportunity to talk to the angel of the Lord. And he wanted to know what's going to be his manner of life. Like, what's he going to do for work? Samson's mom, not wife, my bad, because his wife was, he didn't really have a wife, did he? He, was a, he had prostitutes. Thank you so much for correcting me. I appreciate that. Oh, gosh. It was Samson's mom. So, so his dad asked the angel of the Lord, he says, what's going to be his manner of work? And God completely ignored his question. I didn't come to tell you what he's going to do. I came to tell you what you need to do. So your wife need to, he's going to be a Nazarite. Your wife is going to observe the Nazarite vow while she's pregnant with him. And so there are times where we go to God and we're saying, God, this is what I want to know. And God is saying, I'm, this, if you listen, I'm telling what you need to hear today. We'll get there eventually, but maybe not as fast as you want. Don't, you got to hang in there. You got to continue to seek his face. Um, God will speak to you about that thing. This is what you can know for sure. God will speak to you about this thing when you need to hear in time. In his time, all things are beautiful in his time. And so we got to wait on that. Sometimes we get impatient. Uh, we get rushed. God's not speaking fast enough. So we start making it up as we go. And so um, that, that's not the way we want to do our lives. I, I give this analogy of a, a kid, you know, asking for a cookie. And if you had a kid asking for a cookie and while he's asking you for the cookie, he's opening up the cookie jar and he's looking at you. You haven't answered yet. He said, can I have a cookie? Can I have a cookie? And now he's reaching and grabbing it. Can I have a cookie? Mom, my God, can I have a cookie? He's eating it already. It's, now it's gone. And he's never got an answer. I don't know how y'all do in your household, but in my household, that's a whooping, right? That's a, we, nobody told you you can have a, you can have a cookie. You can't, get, you can't ask and grab at the same time. But sometimes that's what we do to the Lord. We're like, God, can I have this? And I, you know, I throw my single people out there. God, is this the person? You on date five? Phone call 50. You got 40 hours in. God is, is God, is Lord, Lord, I haven't heard yet. I haven't heard. He didn't say no, but I haven't heard anything. You best to be slowing down on that. That's you got to you got to ask and wait. And, and here's the cool thing with the Lord. Nothing is going to slip out of your hands because you waited on God that God has for you. Something might go on by that God was like, you, you thank me later. But uh, n- nothing good that God has is going to slip out of your hands as you wait on him. I think I believe it's Psalms 8411. Somebody can check it. Says that no good thing will he withhold from him who walks uprightly. God's not keeping anything good back from you as you as you walk uprightly with him. Amen. Again, last two takeaways. 
Lean not to your own understanding. Amen. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Don't don't do what you think. Do what he says. And lastly, do not obey the dictates of your heart. But again, run everything to the Lord in prayer. And so, again, we'll, we'll continue to see where this leads, David. I can't read a story like that and see where this goes and, and just and then be doing the same thing. I want to learn from this that that my life wouldn't I don't have to repeat the errors of those that have gone before me. And so my prayer for anybody here and this is how we have to take this to heart. Maybe you're someone and you're saying, no, this, I'm not doing that. I'm, I am obeying the Lord in my life. Praise God. Keep doing that. Keep seeking him. Keep obeying him. Keep following him. Let that continue to be the pattern of your life. If you're someone here and you say, man, I'm whew, I got I, I got some things where I ran out in front of run that back, run it back to the Lord. Slow down. Maybe you need to let some things go. Run it back to the Lord. If you're in a space where you have and you knowingly have tired of waiting on God. And so you went and did something yourself, then you specifically need to whatever that is. You want to drop that and come back. Do you need a reset? You need to come back to the Lord and let the Lord speak fresh to you about what his will is for your life. He has a will for every person's life. It's specific and it doesn't change. God's not changing his mind about what he's called you to be or called you to do. Um, We need to hear it clearly, but God is not changing his mind. God has a plan for my life. God has a plan for your life. We need to seek him for it. We need to obey him when he reveals it to us. And we need to wait on him when we don't know. Um, But one thing that's encouraging to me is every time somebody has been told by God, this is what I want to do in your life. No matter how many years go by, God doesn't change his mind. That's still his plan. Jonah. Jonah, I want you to go tell Nineveh about Jonah's. I ain't going to Nineveh. I'm going to Tarshish. I'm going to get on a boat. I'm going to go the wrong way. I'm going to get swallowed by a fish. I'm going to get vomited out on dry land one day. And then the second time the word of the Lord came to Jonah after all that drama, it was the same word. Go to Nineveh. Tell him. And he said, oh, forget it. He did it. God told Peter. You'd be a fisher of men. And Peter spent three years being a disciple, knucklehead as he was at the end of everything, you know, not praying when he should have prayed and thinking he was strong all by himself, end up denying that he knew the Lord. Then the Lord died and Peter's sure he's bummed out. And not too long ago, we read this in John. What does the Lord come back to Peter and do? Restores him. I haven't changed my mind. Feed my sheep. You love me? Tend my sheep. Feed my lambs, Peter. And they get to Pentecost and guess who, guess who opens their mouth when people say the wrong thing about the Lord's people? They, they said, these guys are drunk. That's why they're speaking in tongues. Peter said, no, no, no. This is what Joel said. And he gave an impromptu message and 3,000 souls were added to the church. God didn't change his mind about Peter. God's not changed his mind about you either. And so what he's called you to do with God's birthed in your heart, seek him, obey him, follow him. Be about the business of what God's called you to do. Amen. And don't let discouragement cause you to quit or cause you to go listening to something or somebody else. Bring it back to the Lord if you've gotten away. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're a gracious God. Thank you, God, that if people get away, they can come back. You're gracious and merciful, Lord. You receive, you you renew and restore. We thank you for that. God, I pray you'd help us to take from what we've heard, what we've learned through this chapter. And that, God, it would impact how we live. It would impact the way we approach our emotions, uh, our, our mind, when it starts running wild, God, it would approach the way we make decisions. It would uh, impact the way that we make decisions in a day to day. Help us to take the warnings 
Help us to take the lessons and apply them in our life in such a way that you may be glorified in us and through us in even a greater way. Thank you for warning us. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for revealing these things, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. We know there are many ways that you can spend your day, but we're delighted that you chose to spend time with us today in the book of 1 Samuel. Pastor Bill is the voice behind these teachings here on A Transforming Word. We genuinely trust that what you're hearing is truly having a transforming effect on your life through listening to God's Word. What is standing out to you about the book of 1 Samuel? Is it the character of Samuel and how he came to the position he did in Israel? Perhaps your curiosity is piqued by the accounts of young David fighting off wild animals and even fighting against a giant enemy. There are all kinds of accounts of fights, chases, and running away from someone who was once trusted. There are also great moments of David and Jonathan and their friendship. This Old Testament book can be such a treasure of information, history, and life lessons. We hope that you're connecting with it in multiple ways today. A Transforming Word is a radio ministry based out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood, in Inglewood, California. Would you come visit us? Sunday morning services are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. For those not in the area, you can live stream our service on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Look for links on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. Our time with you today is about up, but please join us again for the next edition as Pastor Bill continues to teach through the book of 1 Samuel. Until then, keep learning and growing in the Word and be expected for another great message here on A Transforming Word.